episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 3, Episode 10, Blowout. The original air date for this episode was December 21st, 1987. This is our last episode of 1987. Oh, wow. Um, it was directed by Cliff Bull, and it was written by W. Reed Moran, who will go on to... Do- uh, he'll write two more MacGyvers, uh, Mask of the Wolf, and The Survivors. Um, so why don't we discuss this episode in brief? In this episode, uh, Nikki Carpenter is being targeted by a terrorist group because she uh, can identify one of the members of the group. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know why this episode's called Blowout. Um, I guess... Just because there was an explosion in one scene? Yeah, I, I guess... But that would apply um, to almost any episode, including yeah, our next it, episode. It, it would have made more sense, like if her car had a flat tire, and that would was caused her yeah blowout. Yeah, I I don't I don't have an answer. I mean, it doesn't in any like story way resemble the movie Blowout. No, like the no, Brian no. De Palma film, which is like a remake of Blow Up. It, yeah, as I say, it should have been called Blow Up. That's what this. Yeah, that's true. Or blown up, in like in the past sense. Yeah, it just seems like. Sometimes it seems like there's not a lot of thought goes into the titles for these yeah. episodes. It's just kind of like, what's an action-y sounding phrase? Blow out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we start this episode uh, with... Um, with an opening gambit. Yeah, it, this this feels like if I was going to write an episode, this has kind of the story structure of what I would want. Mm-hmm. Which is, bring back the opening gambit. It's not... It's not credited as an opening gambit. Yeah, but it, but totally, it, it is totally is an opening gambit. It's completely unrelated to the story. MacGyver is is sick and shopping, mm-hmm. and uh, he asks somebody where he can find eucalyptus leaves. Yeah, Australia. <laughs> I'm sure it's a writer or someone involved in the production because whoever it is never shows their face and it's just rolling away from the camera yeah, the yeah, whole time. Yeah. And also just based on the fact that this whole scene is like and maybe this whole episode is seemed like it was kind of a love letter to the cast and crew yeah because in this scene you have two robbers that are robbing a grocery store while macgyver's there the robbers are played by um steve blalick and vince dedrick jr uh steve is is uh, richard dean anderson's stunt double and vince dedrick jr has been the stunt coordinator for the entire series uh, yeah so, far. so so um so that's clear why they were involved in this and then later on we see dan elkar stunt double yeah, yeah, Thomas yeah. Davis makes an appearance, but um, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is another person who's like usually behind the scenes. They got to play a part in the episode. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, but um, so he's just shopping and he overhears a commotion, and suddenly there's there's two masked gunmen at the front <laughs> of the store. Yeah, and they're not just taking money from the registers; they're demanding like people's purses and wallets right. and jewelry and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so MacGyver uh, starts making a, a homemade uh, like. I don't even know what you would call it, like a spray, but he, he's using a he's using a hot water bottle and filling it with uh, like cayenne pepper and and spices, and then fills it with vinegar and baking soda to get that reaction. The, the, right, the, it's like a high school volcano reaction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he's got that brewing in his cart, and he tries to disguise it with like a pineapple. Yeah, he makes it look like some kind of a weird melon or something. <laughs> In the cart, <laughs> um, but he's also got his like Swiss Army knife ready, like like Shiv style, like between in in his fist with the screwdriver out the middle finger. Yeah. Um, and so like you know, as soon as like the bandit sees him, he's like, oh, 
hey you you know give me your wallet give me your give me your watch and macgyver's like almost offended that he wants his watch (laughs) it's just a cheapo (laughs) um so while the guy while he's handing over his watch macgyver punctures the uh water bottle with the screwdriver and sprays the guy in the face and then you know like he gets sprayed himself yeah he gets sprayed himself too so i feel like like this was like he got some like collateral damage here well i feel like he must just practice like spraying liquids out of things to have such dead aim like that yeah. soy sauce in the face from out in the oh cold. man like, yeah it's just impossibly good aim he gets the driver of the car from across the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing but um and and so while he's distract while like while he's fighting this guy yeah he takes the initiative on one and then this elderly woman takes on the other guy yeah she she throws his car her card into him and knocks him to the ground and when he tries to run away, MacGyver like has like a full, like a like a huge can, like a thirty six ounce can yeah. of of goods, and throws it football style down the aisle and hits the guy right in the back of the head. Yeah, and then the woman's like, "Way to go, kid!" <laughs> <coughs> she should have gotten some applause too because she yeah she she, she took the, action. She was like the only other person helping. Um, and there's like like everyone in the store like applauds like yeah. yay, um. And that, that's the like. Yeah, it's that's the, the end of that scene. It has nothing, no bearing on the rest of it. Yeah, it's such a funny, fun little scene. Uh, it's like they were short. Like the episode was short. Yeah. And they didn't know how to how to throw it in there. Yeah, and maybe they didn't have any other. They didn't have time to cast it, so they just used all their yeah. series regular background people. And yeah, so we go from there from the to the Phoenix Foundation, where apparently MacGyver, I guess, needed some books. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird excuse to get him to the foundation. Yeah, yeah. Like he uh, should be taking the day off. So. Yeah, um, everyone's like afraid to touch him or come near him because he's just, especially like, Pete. Yeah, because he's spending the whole episode like sneezing really, uh, really aggressively. I yeah. guess I would say. He th- and he's throw- not covering his face or yeah. anything. He's just being very rude about it. And uh, while he's talking to Pete, Nikki Carpenter comes in with her paperwork, and apparently now. After all this time, she's After now... After three missions, she's yeah. officially an agent of the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah, so she, she's filled out all her, her uh, paperwork, which I guess is all her, her her legitimate past history. Yeah. Which, uh, I guess, either wasn't known to Pete or was known to Pete, but it certainly isn't known to MacGyver. Right. Yeah, I guess part of the process of becoming a Phoenix Foundation um, agent is that you need to... You get approved by a board that basically funds the foundation mm-hmm. but you also have to turn over everything about your background right in like an extensive report and um and for some reason when nikki did it she was able to get some clause in her contract that says she doesn't have to work with other people if she doesn't want to yeah unless circumstances yeah but it seems like macgyver should have that clause too. yeah exactly I don't know why he hasn't he's missed out on that because every time he pairs him up with somebody, he's like, I don't want this person to help me. Yeah. And, anyway, and from the get-go, Nikki Carpenter's been been troublesome yeah. for MacGyver. And we actually had a comment on, on the Facebook page from uh, Mark Hagen, one of our, our regular listeners, who had mentioned that um, part of the reason that she was brought into the series was because they wanted to uh, play off of the success of Moonlighting and the dynamic between the two of them. Okay. And so, that, and it's unclear whether or not the studio pushed it on them or if, like, the the show themselves, like, the showrunners decided we're right. going to try and make that change. Um, 
but it seems like that was definitely yeah, what caused that. it. And I, then I the mean, audience it, reaction is the reason that it shouldn't stick around too long. Yeah. I mean, just because a show is successful, you don't need to duplicate it. Or, yeah. Or it's, like, it's like, oh, Modern Family is a really successful show. We should have, like, you know, CSI should have more family stuff. It's yeah. like, no. It's, no, that's not how that works. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. People, people know when you're trying to fool them. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Did I bring up Lost in the, the, the last one of the... I know I brought it up before. You brought up that they brought some, some characters, characters in. Characters in, yeah. And then they just like tried to pretend like they'd been there the whole time. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's offensive to the audience. Like, yeah. we know. We're smarter than that, people. Yeah. Uh, for the most Especially part. on that show where people are analyzing it frame by frame. Yeah. That's funny. So now that um, she's officially on board... Uh, just in Pete's office, they immediately start arguing about uh, their methods. Right. Uh, you know, she says, like, oh, you know, I, I prefer to have intel on the situation, and you like to fly by the seat of your pants. And and, and Pete's, Pete's just sitting there having to listen to it, and he finally tells them to leave. Yeah. He says to get out of his hair. Yeah. And then he pauses for a second to look up. <laughs> um, and uh, so as they're leaving, we, we kind of move – we follow Nikki – uh, rather than following MacGyver, and it's kind of a weird subplot that we don't we're only we're we're introduced uh, later into, but she's buying f- groceries for her neighbor's dog. Right, like she's dog. Well, sitting. it's unclear whether she just bought all this stuff or she just picked it up from her friend. That's true. But she has like a a bunch of bags and a dog food bowl and mm-hmm. and all this other stuff that she's trying yeah. to load into her car. Because she she got it from she's she's watching the dog at her apartment. Right. Um, and she said her neighbor, so I would think that the neighbor so, would have... Yeah, maybe she is buying this stuff. It just seems like if you're going to ask someone to watch your dog, you give them the materials that they yeah, need to Yeah, exactly. If, if they're going to watch it at their own place. Yeah. But anyway, she, you know, so she's walking by a post office and she gets run into by a, a man who's running around the corner really fast, knocking her down. And this is where you see the dog bowl kind of spill out and it's kind of like a curious thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at first she's like... She's not really mad. She's just kind of like, you should watch where you're going, you know? Like, can you help me up? And instead of helping her up, he grabs her purse or wallet and runs off with it into a getaway car. Yeah. And you know, the the dog really doesn't play into the story that much, and it seems kind of yeah. weird that they even included it. And I wonder if maybe the original plot was that she was staying at her friend's place to watch the dog, and her friend was the one who got bumped into outside the post office. Because mm. it seems like Nikki should know that the post office exploded. Yeah, she... She's not that far away from it. It was yeah. a big explosion. You yeah. would have heard it or felt it in your car. Yeah. The distance that she was traveling. But yeah, she's she's just standing outside of this post office and gets nailed by the guy. Mm-hmm. Throws everything in the car and then just... Just he, leaves. He takes her wallet and she's... I mean, brand new Phoenix Foundation agent can't even get her wallet back. Yeah. Just shouting at this guy. But then he just runs off with her wallet and then she just pulls away. And she doesn't file a police report until like... That's that eight night. hours later. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's it's the post office has exploded. Um, we, we just see like the classic bundle of TNT sitting yeah, on sitting top of something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I guess we can assume it's the weekend because it didn't appear that anyone was in the post office. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she doesn't hear it go off, and uh, the man who bumped into her, uh, Dunlop, or you say Dunlop, right? I was yeah, like Eric Dunlop. It's yeah. not. It's not spelled like Dunlop tires. It's it's spelled like. It's spelled like Dunlop tennis balls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I needed to make that distinction, but <laughs> I did. Yes. Um, 
And so we follow him now after the explosion, and he's meeting with Major and then a bomb expert named who we only know is Juice. Right. And he only they only say the name one time later in the episode. Yeah, and this is another situation where they have three villains of three different nationalities. Right. Like every time they they bring in like a team, they're so afraid of offending a specific group of people that they have to have like a multicultural villain squad. Right. Right. But the the first guy. Uh, Dunlop is played by an actor named Dale Wilson, who um, actually, over the course of the series, plays five different characters on MacGyver in five different episodes. But this is his first one, and we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see him again um, in The Survivors, Jenny's Chance, Tough Boys, and MacGyver's Women. Um, but he, he also did... <laughs> <Sorry>. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a MacGyver's Women is the best episode name ever. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. He also does the voice of Cell on... Dragon Ball Z, the Canadian version, which okay. I don't know why there's a, spe- a Canadian-specific dub, just to add, like, A's <laughs> every once in a while. Oh, Sorry. Um, oh, sorry to our Canadian listeners. No, they know that they do yeah. that. It's fine. Um, and he also did the voice of Bruiser on Bucky O'Hare. Okay. So. Uh, Captain Bucky O'Hare. Yeah. Because we're no ordinary road there. See, no one's going to know these references. I feel so bad. Everybody no one... watched Bucky O'Hare. Oh, man. It's... It, it, I think it was only like 13 episodes. Yeah. And the the other two uh, guys here, w- the one guy, Major, seems to be like the leader of the crew. Right. And he is in two more episodes. He'll be an easy target and passages. And then the the third of these three, Juice, who you were mentioning before, yeah. um, is Bruce Harwood, who uh, actually comes back as a recurring character, um, Willis, in four episodes of season six after this appearance. But he was um, Byers in yeah. the uh, X-Files and the Lone Gunman. Yeah, he was, he is one of the three Lone Gunmen. Right. Did the Lone Gunman run for more than a season, or was it just one? I think it was just one season. That's too bad. Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting idea for a spinoff. Yeah, like, yeah. But I think... I remember liking those characters a lot on the X-Files. Yeah, but, uh, but because you had them in, in small doses. Or the Byers, Langley, and... I forget the third guy's yeah. name. But yeah. Um, that yeah. pilot, you know, the pilot episode of Lone Gunman. Have we gone over this on the show before? No. Oh, the the nine eleven yeah, connection. Yeah. yeah. I forget if we've mentioned that on the show. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, the pilot. I think it was the pilot of the Lone Gunman was about people hijacking planes and flying them into the World Trade Center, and this was like a month before it happened. Yeah. Or something like that. It was definitely the same year. Messed up. Yeah. Um. What this uh, terrorist group is looking to do is they, they want someone to be released from uh, prison. Marcus. Marcus. They only refer to him by... I, I'm guessing this is his last name, because it seems weird that you would just call him by his first name, yeah. Marcus. Um, and so they're kind of like staging a couple of... Uh, like th- This bomb threat was to show that they have the capacity right. to carry out a larger threat. Right. Um, but the major is upset that Dunlop uh, can be identified by this woman who saw him near the post office. Right. Yeah. And so they need to take care of her. But luckily, you know, I would I would commend <laughs> Dunlop at least on having the foresight to grab the woman's wallet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, I might. I'm probably gonna need. He knew he was gonna have to take care of yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. But then he acts like, hey, no, I didn't sign on for this. I got this for you. Yeah. You take care of her. Um, and he didn't want it. Like it seems like. His initial involvement was just that he rented them a space to operate out of. Yeah. And suddenly they're asking, oh, now can you go kill a woman that we yeah. ran into today? He's also responsible for securing their explosives. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's been, we'll get into that, but he's he's got an inside man at a pyrotechnics yeah. uh, lab. And then he basically says, look, if you want me to kill this person, it's going to cost you a lot more than 
we agreed on. Yeah, which we never hear an amount yeah. or know what he's being paid. But Juice just starts laughing at him. Yeah. Uh, and Bruce Harwood is, by the way, doing a pretty intense Irish accent yeah. for his character. Yeah, I think the first line is like, who are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> That's probably more Scottish. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's so... Oh, maybe it is Scottish, I don't know. Uh, but it was such a weird, I guess, just to establish that he's a bomb expert. So because of the, yeah, he's the Northern be Irish, from the IRA. <laughs> yeah, there's no way he's not. Yeah, he's making a bomb, and he's Irish. He's got to be a terrorist. No, no, it's a different car bomb, not an Irish <laughs> one. Um. Uh, so now we're back with Nikki at at her apartment, which it would have to be her apartment if you know because she's got the driver's license, right? Um, and uh, the police want her to come down and make a report. She's on the phone with them. Just trying to tell them about the incident. And and it's nighttime now. Yeah, this this yeah. attack happened like noon, and now it's nighttime. And she's filing the report over the phone, mm-hmm. and they're telling her that she needs to actually come into the station yeah. to file the report. Because she needs to give a description of the guy. Yeah, and, yeah. and she can't do that over the phone, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Dunlop is watching from his car as she leaves the apartment, and you know she, as she's starting to get into her her car... He his plan is to run her down, to yeah. like just to like hit her as she's trying to get into the car. But she's too quick. She dives in. Uh, she's already put the dog in too. It's important. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh god, the dog. Um, uh, and uh, she dives into the car, bef- just as the 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 whole driver's side door is taken completely off. Right. So it's a pretty intense scene too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, does and after that she does go and file the report, right? I don't think that she does. I think she goes straight to MacGyver's. I thought she told MacGyver that she already reported it to the police or something like that. Well, I, well, she did technically report it to the police, but I don't know yeah. if she's given... Because she says the police, what can they do? Uh, what can't... Or what can they do? Maybe, yeah. I, I guess she must have... I, I would have gone to the police. Yeah. So I can. We, I guess we can assume she went. Well, and a, a good argument for she didn't go to the police is the fact that she has no idea that the post office exploded still. Right, that's but true. But I, I think she says, like, uh, you know, the police said they can't do anything about it or something like that. But it's like, you told them the intersection you were at and what time it happened. They should have known that the post office yeah. exploded minutes later. Or yeah, not even minutes later. Seconds. But, yeah. But she ends up going to MacGyver's place is the next scene. That right. See. Yeah, MacGyver is hanging upside down... Uh, with a humid humidifier next to his face. Right. And, uh, you know, she comes in and starts to tell MacGyver about what happened, that someone tried to kill her. And um, and so MacGyver immediately says, well, we should tell Pete. Like, this is... It could be someone related to your past and that if someone's coming after you, then we'll, we'll let's look at your file and figure out who it might be. Yeah. But she's totally against that idea. She doesn't want Pete to get involved. And then, in fact, she even... She even says, oh, it's probably just a full moon. It's like, what? Yeah, like, it's just a full moon. I forget why I came to your place. Yeah. And and she also... Like, she didn't know that he was going to suggest going to Pete. Right. Which it seems like would have been the obvious next step. And and MacGyver also doesn't bring up the bombing. Right. Um, I mean, not that he would, really. Cause not she until she mentions the intersection later. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's like... But it's like your government agent's in a city that just got bombed by terrorists. Right. And they're threatening to bomb another place, and neither one of you is, like, talking about it. Exactly. Like, this is... This should be the assignment that you're on right now. Right. Especially her, because we understand MacGyver, he's sick, but um, uh, she should be 
like involved in this. Yeah. But it's also like, can you think of anyone who might want to run you over? No. No, no one. Really? Did anyone run over your brother like five weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there are people out here, like, you've already like ruined four people's evil plots in the last like month. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you could come up with somebody who would want to run you over. The yeah, only difference this is, is true. that here the guy actually has a license plate. Aha. Uh-huh. Whereas the guy that killed her brother did not. But I doubt the ambassador did that himself. I'm yeah, sure you had a guy do it. Oh yeah, you just you, you hired Unlop to go and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and run over your brother. It's gonna cost you extra. Uh so Nikki leaves, like, you know, she 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 just is gonna shrug it off. She doesn't care. Um, or she's lost interest, I guess. Yeah, she's just pro- bored with being alive. Um, so MacGyver decides to head to Pete anyway, and uh, we get to the Foundation, and now we see what everything should be going on. It's like fen- the Foundation is in crisis mode. People are running around. There's papers all over Pete's desk. He's on the phone, but he like impatiently calls MacGyver in. Yeah. Like, it, it, it should look more like an Aaron Sorkin set all the time. Exactly. It shouldn't be like, so... The one problem that we're dealing with today is yeah. this. It should be like, okay, hold on, I gotta. Uh, we're having a meeting on this in a few minutes. I can't really talk right now, MacGyver. Yeah, like I, I do other things, things other than giving you assignments. Yeah. Uh, and so that's when he they find out about the terrorist threat about Marcus's release, and when the only thing we know about Marcus is that he had bombed a cruise ship and right. killed some passengers, which is. Strikingly yeah. similar to the Vikings. Yeah, uh, I was just going to bring that background. up. I was like, uh, Mark, Viking has changed his name to Marcus. Well, maybe that's his real name in, in Viking. Well, no, his real yeah. name was something else, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it's, it's a weird coincidence. Was it Donaghy or something like that? Yeah. Donahue. Donahue. Yeah, there you go. Donahue. So they want the terrorist group wants Marcus released by noon, or they're going to blow up a whole city block. That's the threat. Right. Um, so and they don't have much of a lead, uh, but since Pete's obviously busy and Mac's not supposed to be working, MacGyver asks Pete if he can look at her file to help Nikki out. And it turns out this is not helpful at all. That it's a coincidence that she ran into these guys. Yeah, and also that Pete was really willing to let MacGyver look at classified information of someone else's personnel file. Yeah, but I also felt like between agents that that shouldn't even be kept secret like that should just be something that they have on file like she should be able to see his background i mean if you're all phoenix foundation agents right. you should be able to trust each other that way it's true to to a point i feel i do feel that Pete obviously must know that by now that, she doesn't want this information now yeah because she obviously lied about being well we'll get into that but um because macgyver immediately sees as he's looking at her file that her she's widowed which we've always thought she was divorced. Yeah, she said she was divorced previously. Yeah, but now we see that her husband was killed in a car bomb. Yeah. And so that's pretty important. And Pete would have been made aware of this. Having yeah, 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 definitely. I, I think we agreed that it would have been better if MacGyver had just kind of sneezed him out of the office. Like, ah, oh, I can't talk right now. I got a meeting. And yeah, MacGyver yeah. just kept saying, oh, well, I got to check something on your computer. And just kept sneezing toward him until he right. left his own office. I mean, that kind of is what happening, but But, but he Pete knows what's him... happening. He gives him permission to use yeah. the computer. Instead of just being like, get away from me. I have to I have yeah. to talk to people about other stuff. So now we go back to Nikki's place. And she's in the bathtub uh, while the 
dog is barking because someone's trying to break into her right. apartment. And then the power goes out. Yeah. While she's in the tub. Yeah, because he goes up to the, the the little circuit breaker panel on the on the wall and shuts off the power. Yeah, the intruder shuts everything down. And uh, so, with the dog barking and the power going out, she suspects something is up. So she she grabs a brush from her bathtub. Yeah. Like and that's the weapon of choice. Yeah, which actually ends up being really useful. Yeah. Because as she's kind of lurking around in the darkness, uh, the guy tries to strangle her from behind, and the brush in her hands get caught yeah. in the way of the brush, so she he can't get a firm grip around her throat. And so while they're struggling, MacGyver was heading over there, and hears the noise from outside, and luckily the door was unlocked because the guy because had, the guy had just broken in exactly. Um, he didn't have to like Kelly up the <laughs> fire yeah. hose, Kelly the door. Yeah. Um, Reveal the honeycomb interior. Mm-hmm. Uh, so MacGyver uh, gets in a in a in a scuffle with this guy, and they're they're fighting each other pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, but he eventually like kicks him out a window. Yeah, it's like a Halloween ending. He kicks him out the window, and he just lands on the lawn. And then yeah. when MacGyver goes to look again, he's already getting up and running away. Yeah, exactly. So he's like he's he's taken off. Uh, no evidence, I guess. No. Well, not yet. They'll find some tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so because, like, MacGyver takes Nikki back to his place, because her place is obviously not safe. And that's when MacGyver kind of admits, but also kind of, like, begrudgingly. I can't tell if he did it by accident. He makes it seem like it was an accident, but it would be a really stupid mistake to make. Yeah, because he goes into... Well, it can't be the people you were prosecuting back in Washington, D.C. I mean, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, he makes it a a complete sentence. Yeah. And then, like, starts to trail it off at the end, like, ooh, I shouldn't have been saying this. Yeah. Um, But it's like, why even bother saying it out loud if you're you're sure that it's unrelated to this Washington, D.C. situation? I guess to put her at ease about it. But it seems like if you're if you're basing that on something that just happened, then she knows that too. Mm-hmm. So you're not putting her at ease anymore than she was already put at ease herself. Yeah. But she's mad. Yeah. Uh, she's mad that he read her file, and uh, that's when like she she is trying to come to terms with the fact that uh, she blames herself for the car bombing that killed her husband because she thinks the bomb was meant for her because of the people she was prosecuting. Right. And so McIver tries to like comfort her saying, it's not your fault. You don't, you know, and holds her. She cries. And, but they didn't even bother to throw in one of those like twisty just before the commercial breaks. Like I killed him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That feels like what they've been doing in the past when, when people's loved ones die in a completely unrelated fashion, they always blame it on themselves so much that they're like, I am the murderer. Yeah, but we do get this incredible soap opera-like scene where she walks closer to the camera and the lighting on her yeah. completely changes. The bomb was meant for me! It was meant for me! <laughs> <laughs> She's like pointing to herself, but MacGyver's behind her, so she can't see her doing yeah. it. But uh, yeah, that she's lit from below, it's very awkward. Yeah. It's 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 almost yeah it's if it was a stage play she would be like stepping out and directing her conversation to the audience. I feel like it's definitely the soapiest moment that we've had on the show so far. Yeah. Uh, so then yeah that's where we cut to commercial and the the next scene we're back at Nikki's apartment in daylight now. Yes. And so they're they're having a chance to look around. She's getting a change of clothes. Um. And probably like I, I, they took the dog, right? Did they have the dog with, when she went back to Max's place? I think so. Okay, 
<laughs> I was like, I hope she didn't leave the dog there. Yeah. That'd be so horrible. Well, I think she brought the dog the first time she came to Max's place because it comes up and licks his face right. when he's hanging upside down. Yeah, exactly. But I can, I will assume that she brought the dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then MacGyver finds the murder weapon or the attempted murder weapon. Right. Which might as well have been his business card. Like, apparently yeah. MacGyver's able to tell from this nine-inch piece of green twine yeah yeah that oh well this is um this is asbestos wire yeah and and it's so unique that it could only possibly have come from one building so we're gonna go there today uh and then this is where mac also asks about her mugging uh which she reveals was by the post office and he goes like the post office that blew up and she goes what yeah it's been all over the news like aren't you a phoenix foundation agent don't I mean, you... I'm calling in sick every day, but you should know what's happening. Right. This is all Pete's been doing all day. Yeah, and exactly. Like, if MacGyver is homesick and knows what's going on... Of course, he went to Pete. Um, yeah. But, um, um, but so MacGyver puts the pieces together that uh, because she saw the guy who was running away and that she can ID him, that that's the reason that they're after her. Yeah. So now we finally have everyone's on the same page here. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so now it's clear that MacGyver reading her file was a waste of time. Yeah. And that the whole fight that they had was a waste of time. And it was just a way to introduce the fact that her husband was killed. Right, to make her seem more sympathetic. Yeah. Because they were worried, like, man, people really hate this Nikki Carpenter character. Yeah. Let's kill her ex-husband. Yeah. She's not divorced. He died. Yeah. Now don't you feel bad about yourself? Yeah. You were judging this lady. You don't know. You don't know the pain Walk she's in. Walk a mile in, in her shoes. <laughs> Kill your husband. <laughs> then know what it's like. <laughs> um, so now we're uh, we're at the foundation where they're using a uh, facial compositing program. Right. On this Mac, um, I love the printer that they have because it's the same, it's the same like dot matrix printer I had uh, when I was a kid. <laughs> um, the it's a like old Apple. Uh, I just miss that sound, that brr, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, what are they, the, the kind of paper that it was fed through, like the holes, the holes, you had to, perforated holes yeah. on the side, you had to tear, tear off. them off. Oh, those were the days, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, the program they're using looks like you could probably make, like, at least 40 different faces. <laughs> Close enough. Um, and then, like, the printout that comes out is much clearer than, uh, it's not just much clearer. It's a completely different face. It's not. It doesn't. None of the none of the parts match the face right. that they had on the monitor when they printed out. Because clearly they just had someone draw a picture of this guy, mm-hmm. and they couldn't they couldn't break it apart in a modular way on the program so that they were recreating his face. So they right. just printed something out that was close as close enough. to yeah. it as possible. An artist rendering. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, so they, while they're doing the uh, composite, Pete comes in and has an analysis on the wire, which, like as you said, narrowed it down to one possible place that just recently reported a whole bunch of stuff missing. Yeah. It's like, well... It's like, why would they steal this stuff? Why would... Like, it just seems like... Why would... If you could bring anything, why would you bring stolen material Yeah. For, that only could come from one building in the entire city? You bring a gun. Yeah. You bring a gun and Or you just sh- a rope or anything. You could strangle a person with almost anything. Listeners, you can strangle someone <laughs> with almost anything. Like, yeah, there's a whole house full of stuff. Yeah. 
Use the dog Come leash. On, be MacGyver. <laughs> be Piedra. Well, Piedra had stuff hidden all over the body. Yeah, but he was also pretty good at using materials like like the pea paper cups and peas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they decide to head down to the pyrotechnics. Weber Pyrotechnics is the name of the right the company. And as soon as they get there, Dunlop just happens to be there. Weber, by the way, a name that will come back uh, in a couple episodes for the early retirement. The guy who was, is trying to take Pete's job. Oh, yeah? Weber, yeah. Oh, okay. Very soon. I haven't the gotten horizon. there yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is not relevant information, Pat. Well, it just it jumped out at me because I'm pretty sure Weber was the name of Richard Dean Anderson's character when he was on the soap opera. Oh, really? Dr. Weber. I could be wrong about that. Okay. We'll find out when people complain. Yep. Um, so as soon as they get there, Dunlop is there, and conveniently. So they don't even have to go in to ask any questions. Uh, but while Nikki wants to go and take him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, MacGyver says, well, why don't we follow him instead? And they, uh, they use the classic trick that I first saw in The Simpsons. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, of uh, hanging a paint bucket off the back of the car and puncturing a hole in it. Yeah. I'm sure that this has some other origin. Uh, but No, uh, no, it's from The Simpsons. It's from The Simpsons yeah. did it. <laughs> Before MacGyver. Um, I'll, I'll have to see when that episode aired. It's the uh, the Stonecutters episode. Well, that's definitely after, uh, yeah. after this. I mean, that would have to be like the second season of The Simpsons, right? Mm-hmm. To be 88? Okay. Yeah. Or 87, actually. This yeah, yeah, it's still late. Simpsons still late. started, yeah, so, this, so yeah, no way. So it didn't come. Simpsons took it. <laughs> yeah. Simpsons took it. Uh, it also seems like, as much as it's like, okay, this is using things around you to track a person in mm-hmm. a logical way, there are a few possible problems with it. One, obviously, that maybe this guy's going far enough that you're going to run out of paint before you catch him. Yeah, yeah. Two, that it's almost impossible to follow these tracks when you're on a freeway or something like yeah, that. Yeah, except, uh, luckily, whatever color they were painting this room was fluorescent yeah, yellow. Yeah, fluorescent yellow. Which, as long as he's just not riding the line in the middle of the freeway, you can keep yeah. chasing him. Um, but then, the other problem that I could see is that, obviously, when this guy gets where he's going, he's going to know that you were tailing him. Like, yeah. that's, the, that's the biggest problem with this plan. And I feel like he could have avoided that even by maybe hanging the paint can from, like, underneath the car more instead of just right on the tailpipe. Yeah, it was it was kind of in a bad spot. Yeah. But... But we needed to see it as the audience, so... Uh, yeah, so they, they pull up to Dunlop's warehouse, which is named Dunlop. Yeah. <laughs> it's got his name on the outside. Yeah. Now, this is arrogance. Yeah. Like... Because Pete identifies him later as a as a low life criminal, who's got a. Why would you put your name on your building yeah. if if you're a criminal? So people know where to go. Yeah, this is this is the criminal hideout. Um, and so they they uh, Dunlop pulls into the warehouse where the major and Juice have just finished painting a truck uh, to look like a postal vehicle. Right. With this, so they have this weird postal obsession for these. Uh, bomb threats yeah because like they blew up a post office and now they're using a postal vehicle or truck it doesn't look anything like a postal vehicle yeah but they're they painted it white and then put the the u.s mail logo on the side yeah and i guess that's enough even though the postal trucks aren't running in this town right now because the post office blew up yesterday yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um 
No, it's funny because it was the also the Dunbar post office, and this yeah, is Dunlop. Yeah, Dunlop. Yeah, I noticed that too. Uh, and so the major immediately, as you said, spots the paint dripping in a huge puddle behind the car. He's and, like, oh, you've led them right to us. Me, and also like the second or third time that the major has gone, you fool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love when villains say, "You fool." Um, and, uh, so the major says, oh, well, since they're, since they're going to have people arrive, I'll leave them a surprise and pulls a gun on Dunlop. Right. And now we never see. we fade to black for the commercials. So who knows what happened? Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they just talked it out. Yeah. Uh, and then we see MacGyver and Mickey tracing the, the paint Mm -hmm. until they find the warehouse. Right. And they, they call Pete for backup. And, uh, you know, Pete says he's going to be right there. And so when MacGyver goes in to check things out, he sees Dunlop sitting on a chair with the phone up to his head. Yeah. But then just immediately just, just like... happens to drop it right there. Yeah, like, that's like the staging of it is, uh, is just complete. Uh, it, it seems like he should have dropped the phone as MacGyver, like, walked in to turn the chair or something to talk yeah. to him. Like the like a Doctor Claw type moment, yeah. Or the MacGruber uh, yeah. dead guard with his middle <laughs> fingers taped up. Now uh-huh, you're, all... you're all wet. <laughs> uh, so as MacGyver goes to investigate the body, he steps on a pressure plate. Right. And so this is where things get tricky, because now Nikki comes in and wants to know what's happening. And MacGyver's like, "Just go, just get out of here." But she doesn't leave. She just goes and like hides behind a box. Yeah. And MacGyver says that as long as I put weight that's equal or greater to my own, but that doesn't seem to make sense to me because if, okay, I can see if you put more weight on it, but then once you step off, the weight will decrease. And that's what this pressure plate is looking for. It's looking for the decrease in weight. Yeah. So you'd have to do an Indiana Jones thing. You'd have to to do it at the exact same moment. Yeah. And so he piles on a few things and then uses... Dunlop's body as as additional uh, ballast. Right. And it's, again, you know, it works. But, again, it doesn't make sense that it should work. But as soon as he steps off the plate, Dunlop's body starts to shift. Yeah. Again. He's a very, he's not a very useful dead person. Yeah. And so MacGyver dives into a set of lockers that gets blasted out, Indiana Jones style. Yeah. uh, Into the next room. Yeah, he goes from Raiders to Crystal Skull pretty quick. Yeah. So uh, Nikki finds MacGyver inside the locker. And and this is what I like because I said, oh, man, his eardrums would be totally shot. And as he's getting out of the locker, you can see him holding his ears. Yeah, like he's like, got tinnitus going on. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, that's oh, good. That's a good detail. <laughs> good. They, they caught the same thing I did. Yeah. And so Pete arrives with his backup of one police officer. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. You're a champ. <laughs> really on the ball with that one. Although, maybe we could have called you before we got here. Yeah. And also, MacGyver starts immediately tampering with evidence. Yeah. He starts, like... walking around picking it up with his bare hands. Yeah, picking up all of the stuff that's on the the explosive table. Oh, looks like they made a bomb. (laughs) Yeah, the one that just blew up. There go all the fingerprints, MacGyver, thanks. Yeah. Also, they just booby-trapped one room. What makes you think that they haven't booby-trapped everything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also love that, uh... Uh... Pete says, are you alright? He says, yeah, but the guy in there could use a coroner. It's like I was hoping for some, yeah, like some joke about him being in pieces. Yeah, like, yeah, you're, but you're gonna need a couple of bags for the guy in there or something. Yeah, because like, yeah. it's too dark. <laughs> uh, but there's not anything left of that body. 
Yeah. It was it was at ground zero for that explosion. Yeah. Um And even though these guys knew they I mean they set this trap specifically to catch MacGyver or whoever was tailing Dunlop. Mm-hmm. They knew someone was coming to this base. Yeah. And they left out all their stencils from yep. the post office truck. So that there's no possible so they know way. Exactly what they were gonna do and what their plan was. I don't understand why they wouldn't cover their tracks at all. I guess they figured that once the guy who was following them was killed, they would stop following them. Yeah. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. More than one guy? No way. All seven of them are going to stand <laughs> on the pressure plate at the same time, I bet. What are we all doing here at the same time? This was a terrible idea. Boom. That's why the terrorists went. Right. Uh, like all. they wouldn't investigate the stencils before they stepped on the bomb, for sure. Yeah. That wouldn't happen. Uh... And so, but not only do they find the stencils, so they know they'd be on the lookout for postal trucks. Right. But they also find photographs of the building that they plan to blow up. Right. Uh, All and, of which they left out open on the desk, not even like hidden away. And it's pretty thin, like because they find a picture of the post office and another building, and they're like, oh, isn't this the post office they blew up? What well, else did they photograph? Yeah, this is the thing that they must be planning next: the Hall of Justice. Right. And they don't even drive the truck into the Hall of Justice. It's like right outside. It's and they out- immediately get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the police pull up, tell them to get down on the ground. But they've already started the bomb. And uh, and instead of like, I mean, before they even tell them to get down on the ground, one of the cops just gets out of the car and fires around into the air. Yeah. Which is like, you know how much paperwork it is to discharge your weapon, first of yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. Second of all, to just fire a bullet into the sky? Like, you could, there's skyscrapers all around you first of all second of all like bullets kill people when they come down yeah like, they it's come a back big down problem on new year's or fourth of july when people fire weapons in celebration into the sky like usually a person dies every year from that yeah because the bullets they come down i mean i understand the odds are against that happening but a cop should know better than to discharge a shotgun yeah for no reason other than to get someone's attention. Well, I mean, but at least a shotgun wouldn't be as damaging, like, once the pellets come down. I guess. Like, I, they're not going to go that high, and, you know, it'll it'll hurt coming down. Yeah. But I don't think it's not going to be as bad. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Mythbusters did a pretty interesting thing on a bullet trajectory, too, because um, it, it's all about the trajectory. Yeah. Like, if it comes straight down, it'll hurt and probably knock you out, but won't probably won't kill you. Yeah. But it's if it comes at an angle... Like you know, because like be going a lot faster. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, because because the bullet will continue its it's spin. It still has momentum. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, so like, but and that's more more likely because again, people who shoot straight up, the wind's gonna carry it and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Anyway, so that's a little sidetrack, a little MythBusters action. Yeah. <laughs> which which is what you know, MacGyver. You yeah, have it to fits go to into Myth, the show but, a lot. That's why they had a MacGyver special. Yeah. Uh. So when uh, Mac and Pete arrive at the Hall of Justice with the the bombers, they they say that they can't turn off the bomb; it's too late. Right. And, and they're like, "I suggest we all get out of here and then let this bomb blow up the building." Yeah. It's like, yeah, you would. You're the crazy terrorists. <laughs> you don't want us to submit to your demands. You just want us to to blow up a building. Like this doesn't even solve your problem. Hear me out. You let us carry out our plan. <laughs> but it's like this has nothing to do with their plan. The whole point of like. Holding a building hostage is so that you can get your guy out of jail. Right. Like, now you're both arrested. Why do you still need to blow up this building? Like, just to just spite to pr- them yeah, for not letting spite. go of Marcus? It's too late. Your plan already failed. Yeah, Marcus they're not letting Marcus go. Now. And they evacuated the building. Yeah. And it's a loss because you lose the building, but no one's going to die. Yeah. 
But anyway, they decide to uh, to drive the truck off the Second Street Pier. Yeah. It's like I hadn't seen any bottages water nearby yet. Yeah. I it, guess... t- it turns out the, there's no, there's literally no way to defuse this bomb, which yeah. is a bad way to design it. Even though I endorsed having a bomb that was impossible to defuse. Like yeah, yeah. We did the countdown episode. Um, but yeah, and these two guys are like, oh, well, there's no way to defuse it, so uh, maybe just let us carry out our plan. And I feel like, why would you not just lock those guys up in the back of the car and yeah. be like, really? There's no way to defuse it? Are you sure? I think we're going to find out if there's no way to defuse it. <laughs> Plus, you also parked this thing way far away from the building anyway. Yeah. I don't think that this truck could take out a city block. Yeah, when that when the before the in the world trade center bombing when the guy had the the car that exploded in the parking structure it was yeah. underneath the building and it didn't yeah. take it down so parking a a mail truck across the street like an armored mail truck that will actually yeah. contain the blast more is not going to take the building down and it wasn't really high explosive it looks like it was just dynamite yeah it looked like yeah it was mostly dynamite but um, they said they were going to take out a city block with it yeah that's not happening no. unless that building is an entire block yeah yeah, there's just nothing else on the block. Just one Technicality, giant... we took out the whole block. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver, uh, you know, they, they, they got ten minutes, because uh, the, the, it's going to go off at noon, and luckily everyone's watches are synchronized. Right. And To the second. And uh, so they start, MacGyver starts driving the truck, but of course, everything that could possibly go wrong is like, you know, cars are pulling out of driveways, People and then... are blocking entire streets. And this car pulls out of a driveway, and then in the next shot, as they're driving away, is it's backing, backing up. completely up. Yeah. Okay. And I, I was watching that, I was just like, that's weird that that guy's still going in reverse, and you're like, he's setting up for the next take. And I was like, oh my god, you're totally right. <laughs> Back to first positions. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, because if he was pulling out, he would continue to leave. Yeah. Like he would go. He, oh. wouldn't, he wouldn't throw it in reverse and just leave it in reverse. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to drive backwards today. <laughs> I've decided not to go today. <laughs> uh, and uh, they can't get to the pier, and they they encounter a moving van, drive down a hill, and finally they're they're. Blocked. And it looks like an open park that would be a perfect place for this. Yeah, bomb to let it go off in the park. Um, and then they get caught behind a, a cement truck. Right. And so it's just like okay, and which is an odd place to break for a commercial. Yeah. Like, because when we come back, we don't have much of a scene left. Yeah. Except that uh, we get Don S. Davis. Right. Who's a Dana Elkar stunt double. Right, and he ends up playing the sort of Dana Elkar role on Stargate. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the, the military leader in charge of the gate yeah. at, the, at the facility. Who I think later in the series, Richard Dean Anderson takes that role, kind of. As being in charge of the gate. I'm not sure. I watched like the first two seasons of Stargate, and I kind of like lost interest at that point. Yeah. Um, because it, it was kind of like it was basically a sliders type format. Yeah. It's like, what crazy world are we going to today? Yeah. Um, which was fine on sliders. Yeah. I never got tired of that. I don't get tired of it on Futurama either. That's true. Uh, Futurama had better writing than both of those shows. Yeah, though. definitely, definitely. Um, you might also know Donis Davis. Uh, from one of my favorite parts is uh, in Con Air. He is the driver of the car that Dave Chappelle gets thrown upon. <laughs> is he really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, so that's like a little fun moment for him, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so MacGyver, he's, Donna Davis is driving the cement truck, and yeah. MacGyver's trying to tell him, okay, I need you to fill this car up with, uh, with, with cement. With concrete, yeah. I got a bomb in here. And he's like, oh, you cut your old lady 
accepting a package from the mailman or whatever. Yeah, it was such a... I can't remember what the line is. It was a weird like, joke that didn't Oh, you play. stole a mail truck because your wife is cheating on you with your mailman. I get it. It happens all the time. <laughs> he's like, okay, now back your cement truck through this window Yeah. so that we can fill this... And he's like, oh, you're serious. Yeah, and they, they rip the, right through the truck. Yeah. And there's no way they would have been able to fill it in like there's two minutes. There's not enough concrete even to fill this whole truck. This is a yeah. big truck. And it's not a giant concrete mixer. Yeah, and... Uh, and the concrete is still wet, so it, at best it's going to muffle it slightly, the explosion, yeah. but it's not. they're not giving it enough time to harden. And even if they were, that would be way worse when yeah. you wrap dynamite in concrete to blow it up. It, now yeah. you're creating a shrapnel situation that's even so exactly. much worse. I mean, I guess the, the good thing about it being wet is more like a gelatinous explosion. Yeah. I guess, I mean... That's about that's about the best as I can do because yeah, yeah. if this bomb was designed to take out a city block, uh, a little bit of concrete isn't going to be enough. Yeah. Um, and plus, yeah, yeah, but it works, of course. Yeah. Um, it, it just barely like MacGyver runs like a full like six hundred yards away from it to hide mm-hmm. behind a police car, and then when it explodes, it turns out he could have run like ten feet. Yeah, it yeah. Just stopped and turned it, around. It, it just kind of like blows out the bottom of the car. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Which I feel like is the exact opposite of what would have happened if there's all this wet concrete underneath the bomb. Yeah. We get a little bit of a joke at the end of, like, what if that cement truck hadn't been there? It's like, oh, it would have gone on plan B. And then Pete has a sneeze, like a heavy right, sneeze, yeah. like, oh, no, he's caught MacGyver's But cold. that line is weird, too, because they're like, oh, well, what would you have done if if uh, plan A didn't work? And then he's like, it would have gone to plan B. And they were like, what's plan B? And it's like... I, I didn't know. Plan A worked. It's like, yeah. no, no, Plan A didn't work. Plan A was intercepting the bomb and defusing yeah. it, but that didn't work. So Plan B was driving it off a pier. That also didn't work. This is Plan C that Yeah, that we are now on C. Yeah. C worked. <laughs> uh, it's a good episode. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like it. Yeah. It's a, you know, it, some of the things that don't make sense aside, it's, and, and Nikki Carpenter's heavy, heavy dose of, uh, of drama, yeah, yeah, is uh, but it's still it's still a, a honestly. I think the whole episode is is saved by that Australia line at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> no, but there's so much of that in this episode. There's like really solid joke lines. And, yeah, the uh, opening gambit. We got yeah. an opening gambit. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm calling it. It's an opening gambit. Yeah, it totally is. But yeah, it's it's it was fun. It you know had a a semi high stakes plot, and you know it was cool to see like the foundation uh, being busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, cause so, so often it's just, like, no one there. Yeah, it's just, and it was nice that they brought in the, so so many of, like, the regular stunt cast mm-hmm. to play parts on the show, which is... Yeah. Like, or stunt crew, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how stunt, you... Stunt, stunt pe- persons. They're, they're, they're cast because they appear as the characters on the show. Yeah. Once, once you do that, you're, you're cast members. Yeah. But they're just playing new characters this week. And I think uh, Don S. Davis and... Steve Blalock ended up coming back to play different characters in mm. the show later. But, um, yeah, it was definitely a fun one. And it's one of the... Uh, uh, the one monologue aside, it's one of the more tolerable Nikki episodes because she's yeah. not constantly butting heads with MacGyver and just showing off how incapable she is. Yeah, is yeah. She's her not, usual MO. She's not falling into pod- puddles or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, she... With the exception of getting mugged. Which is, yeah. no Phoenix Foundation agent should be able to get mugged. That should be, like, the board should have been, like, we rescind your application. Yeah. 
you, you, you couldn't catch one guy who knocked yeah. you to the ground. Or you didn't get his license plate. You didn't do anything an agent would do. Yeah. Well, you know, he caught me off guard. Okay, well, did you get the next license plate of someone who tried to run you over? No. <laughs> no I didn't get that either. Did okay, you, you're fired. Did you notice that bomb, that building explode behind you as you drove yep. away? You were like 50 feet away. I was thinking about dogs. <laughs> I gotta get dogs. I like dags. Um, I like dags. And we should also mention that the mail truck explosion mm-hmm. that we dealt with in this episode was very recently, like in the last month, tested yeah. on, on the last season of Mythbusters. Amazing. Like out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> the timeliness of it. But um, they actually went through and tested to see what would happen. And they, they did it both ways. They had a control where there was mm-hmm. no concrete in the truck. Right. 84, 84 pounds of dynamite. Right. Which was... Do they say that explicitly in the episode, or they did they just have... make the assumption based on the footage of the Maybe dynamite? they counted the bundles, Yeah. Um, but uh, they came up with that number from somewhere. Right. So they, they, they blew up a mail truck with 84 pounds of TNT in it without any concrete to muffle the blast, and then they did a follow-up experiment where they added the concrete. Mm-hmm. The first problem in comparison to the MacGyver episode is the fact that it took a half an hour to fill the truck with concrete, yeah, yeah. which they definitely didn't give macgyver a half an hour right we we, we pointed yeah we brought that up it was like it was like there's no way that thing would fill yeah. up that quickly um <laughs> it takes me forever just to fill up a bathtub <laughs> yeah 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 with concrete you're a weird guy <laughs> um but yeah and then when they when they do the second version of the experiment it looks pretty much exactly how it did on the oh, episode oh yeah yeah um but then in the aftermath they determine that not all of the dynamite went off, and at most probably, I guess they said two sticks of two the dynamite sticks, went off. Two sticks, yeah, which, which I can assume is less, about a pound, maybe. Yeah, one stick from each of the bundles, because the concrete shifted the the contents of the truck, or because um, it just, like, sucked into the wiring. Yeah, I got the wet. It's, got it's not wet. really explained fully, but um, whatever happened, only one stick from each of the two 42-pound uh, bundles of dynamite exploded. Um but it looks exactly like it did on the show. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you, yeah, it, it was it just like explodes amazing. out of the bottom of the truck. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even destroy the whole truck. It doesn't make. It makes almost the exact same sound even. Yeah. Um, but they decide that that was a failed experiment because only two of the sticks of dynamite actually exploded, and so then they do a third one where they wrap the whole thing in plywood, mm-hmm. and um, so that the explosives can't be messed up by the concrete but my argument would be that in the macgyver universe it's entirely possible that only two of the sticks exploded exactly like that the concrete disrupted the explosive in the same way that it did in your experiment yeah the the wet concrete somehow soaked into the wires or or did something or pushed a bundle out from under Mm -hmm. the table and then they didn't explode in the same like uniform compact yeah location so i mean they they call it busted in the show but I still say, I still say plausible. I'm I'm inclined to find this plausible on MacGyver's half, just because of how accurate the explosion was when only two oh, sticks blew up. It, 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 like I thought, it looked like it was the episode almost. Yeah, I, I feel like they they could maybe even have like on MacGyver tested this. Mm-hmm. Maybe they went out and myth busted it themselves before they shot it, so they know what it looked like and they yeah. have the same results. But um, I think it was pretty accurate, despite. Um, the criticisms we made in our review of the episode, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think it turns out we were wrong, and uh, and MacGyver was right as usual. <laughs> we should just come to accept that at this point. So, 
But check out the Mythbusters too. Yeah, check it out. It was their explosion special that aired on uh, January 9th of this year, 2016, if you're listening way down the line as part of some general education requirement. Yeah. Um, in, in the year 2070. When, when, in the year 2017. When, when, when this is part of all the learning curriculum is right. this podcast. We'll put a link up in the show notes because it's available to watch for free on, on Discovery's website. So, But yeah, it's worth checking out. Mm-hmm. I think that's about it for this yeah. episode. Um, if you have any thoughts you want to share with us, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast. Or you can find us on our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 3, Episode 11, Kill Zone. Uh. Which is, I think, the second remake of the Andromeda, uh, the Andromeda Strain that we've encountered so far, uh, including the, the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we've already remade the pilot episode yeah. as the, the second season premiere. but uh, So this is the third underground laboratory. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, these underground labs never seem to work yeah, out. They don't, they don't do so well, actually. Um, but we'll get we'll get further into that next week. Um, and thank you for listening. Bye.